We're going to start with a sit.
Good morning. Practicing your vocal cords for what's about to come later today. <laughs> so, so yes. The retreat in this format, in this form, coming to an end. And yet, in some ways, the format of it is just changing. You're going to be continuing to be on retreat. If you see your life as your practice, your life as your retreat, it's just a different format. This is silent with specific rules, but, uh, but uh, your practice continues. Your retreat, in a different way, continues. So for going home, um, as many of you already know, and you have sad retreats, on the last morning we offer some advice and suggestions as to to um, how as to, su- to to support you for this integration. And many of you have heard this many, many, many times. You're like, oh yeah, I know. I invite you to listen to it with a fresh eyes, with fresh ears. There might be something in there that will land for you a little differently this time. Um, so, two two baskets of um, suggestions. One is about taking care of yourself as you leave today, this coming week, etc. The other basket is your practice, continuing your practice to support your practice as you take it home. So we'll start with the first basket, how to take care of yourself as you leave. So as you came in, our advice was, we're going to do this slowly, gently. We're not going to jump into the deep end. You're going to take it slow, settle, settle gently, be easy on yourself. The advice is the same as you leave the retreat. Be gentle on yourself. Take it easy. Really know that you are um, quite sensitive right now. You've been perhaps even in an altered state at some points of the retreat, seeing things differently. And your mind is quite sensitive. Your mind has been quiet. A lot more quiet than you realize. Um, A lot more quiet than you realize. So... Um, if in the next week you feel more tender, more moved, um, more soft, um, you see an advertisement on television for toothpaste and you're crying, it's, it's, it's all okay. It's all part of just be gentle with yourself, okay? Be gentle. It's all part of this. And also, it, it is said that the duration that your retreat was, your integration is that, dura- that that length of time. So given that your retreat was seven days, you give yourself seven days of coming out of retreat. And suge- I suggest not making any important life-altering decisions in the next seven days. Sit on it if you can, if you, po- if you have this, if it's possible, d- just don't. Um, Take time to sit, take time to walk, take time to be in nature, take time to be alone in this coming week, more than usual. And um, if you're going back to 
to family and, and friends, try to, to explain what your needs are in the most compassionate way possible. And also to know that um, if you are going uh, in, back into relationships, you've been gone for a whole week and they think you've been just chilling out and resting and, and, and whereas, oh, here you've been doing hard work of contemplating death. So, so just have compassion for, for their expectations and needs, where they are, you know, you've been gone. So it's all okay, just, just know that. And these days, with, with our inboxes getting pretty full with email, um, don't read all your email at once. Do it if you want a headache and feel awful. It's just not a good idea, though. So, so what I would suggest is open your inbox, just look at the headline, uh, the subject lines. Just kind of look at them. Okay, close it. Take a breather. In a little while, open it again. Okay, what are the ones that seem urgent, important, I need to read? Okay, read them. You don't even have to respond at first. Just read them. And then kind of titrate, going back and forth. Don't overwhelm yourself. And also, this is supreme practice. See what comes up as you're opening the email, as you're noticing, as you're reading those emails. What's coming up? Tightness, wanting. This. Whoa. This, this for me, when I came out of my two-week retreat, and then start to teach you guys the day after. For me, um, opening my email, that was amazing practice to see what comes up. And I usually don't see that in daily life because the level of noise is so high. But to see, ah. So this is a great opportunity for practice. See, your retreat is not ending today, I mean, in some ways. But. And also similarly with, with news, um, especially these days with so much bad news, um, titrate, titrate, really. Um, decide what is a wise intake of news for you so that you can be stable, so that you can have the stability to actually be responsive to it, not to be completely overwhelmed and toppled into despair, rage, whatever it is, but just and if these things come up, it's okay to feel them, but have the stability to feel them, not be toppled and overwhelmed into the waves, not being able to respond wisely to the world. Um, so have wisdom about about news and, um, and and how you expose yourself to it, your diet of news. And again, in terms of the social interactions, um, if you're going back with to family and friends, um, it is probably wisest, you know, that they'll ask you, how was it? You know, how was it? How was it? And um, sometimes they just want to know if you're okay. They want to make sure you haven't joined a cult. So, <laughs> so, so, so sometimes simple answers like, you know, good, fine, whatever you want to say, but keeping it simple. Because uh, sometimes if, if if you get into detail, oh yeah, we contemplated corpses and it was this and it was that, you're like, either that or, or their eyes will roll over like, okay, okay, I gotta go, you know, I have, a, I need to study for my blood test, you know, they gotta, they'll, they'll run away. Um, 
So, so again, be judicious, and there will be a few people who who really are curious, and they really want to know their practitioners, and with them you can have a conversation. And even then, I would suggest not perhaps sharing the most, the biggest earth-moving, um, earth-shaking insight that you had, because. Um, and again, be wise about that. Be wise because if you keep repeating that moment when the universe, it was all love and you're part of it, if you keep saying and repeating it and saying and saying, it'll become a story. It'll become a story that you're saying. It becomes relational. And also, what if the person says, really, what? And then that'll bring bring in doubt into your own experience. Did I really experience that? So again, there are, no, there are no do and don'ts here. I'm just offering these for your reflection to know what is wise action in a given time with a given friend um, or family member. And also what we s- say often is don't proselytize. Be a Buddha. Don't talk about Buddhism. Be the loving, kind, wise being that, that you can be in any moment, instead of saying, hey, you, you got to go on a retreat. You need a retreat. You need to contemplate death here. Just be it. Just be it. And when they see that you are different, you're kinder, more aligned with your life, more alive, whatever it is they see in you, they will become curious. Like, ah, Tell me more. I want to have what you have. What are you doing? What 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 are you taking? What are you on? You know, they they'll become curious about what it is you're doing. So, so if you have if you have fear of losing the retreat feeling, this this calm, this spaciousness, fear not, because yes, you will lose it. It will go away. It's impermanent. This this calmness. This this the, the, the way you are right now is made up of causes and conditions of being on retreat. However, even though you lose this feeling that you have right now, that um, know that the insights you've had, the experiences you've had, you are changed forever. Your brain is changed. You're, you cannot go back to the way you were before. It is changed. So having trust in that the, the crack has opened and the light is getting in and it will continue to get in. So allow it to expand. You are taking the retreat with you. You are taking, you are, you are taking all of us with you in some levels. So in the way of continuing your practice um, at home, vows, setting strong intentions can be very helpful in, in practicing. So committing to sit, committing to continue to continue your practice in any way that works for your life. If you're retired, if you sit two hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, great. That's, if that is the commitment that's right for you, great. But don't make the commitment so high that you're going to fail. Make it so small that you cannot possibly fail. Possibly. If it's five minutes, that is your commitment. Make it that. In fact, what I learned from a teacher years ago, and I did this for a while, so what he recommended was um, committing to just sit in the morning. Basically, sit. That was the commitment. Like take a breath or two 
and you can get up. That is that that was my commitment for a while. Basically, put your tush on the cush, and and after that, so I would do that. So I'm like, okay, I, I would get myself. I would sit. I would take a couple of breaths, and then I was done. Yay! I'm done with my commitment. But yet I would sit like, oh, this actually feels pretty good, and I would sit five, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty an hour. It, it would depend. It, it would be different for me because of my life circumstances in a given day. But just get commit. Not feeling bad that I had failed in my commitment was huge. You see how the yeah the psychology of this works. If you want to take it on, if you want to experiment with it. Um, and in terms of informal practice. Um, as we've talked about mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of the body, come back to your body, come back to your body, as we've done it on retreat, and especially as you go out into the world. In hearing and listening, as we've done, as we've practiced the whole week, come back to your body, what's happening, come back to your body, have being here and paying attention to what's happening outside. When you're reading emails, especially, come back to your body now and then. You don't have to be in your body all the time, but just to check in. Just to check in. Um, every whatever that works for you, whenever you remember, come back or set a timer. Like, what is going on? That will help. That's been my practice. Um, and also, there's so many different ways to practice in making everything your practice. If you're riding, um, if you're driving, or if you are um, on public transport, um, it's a wonderful place to practice metta and compassion, for example, as well as death contemplation. Like all of the people who are there with you in that bus um, or on the road driving, hopefully not that moment, but, but you know, Everybody will be died, and will be dead in a hundred years. So maybe that will be the death contemplation for you, or maybe that will be um, that will tie into metta and compassion for you, stealth metta for everyone. So you can so informal practice. It's not just about sitting on the cushion. That's only part of the practice. It's only part of the practice. Your day can become practice. And as Eugene talked about yesterday beautifully, uh, waking up in the morning, this could be my last day. And at night, um, ah, gratitude, I'm still alive. And maybe before you go to bed, I may not wake up in the morning. It could be a letting go practice. Letting go. Letting go. And of course you can make this could be my last breath. You can take that, which is a very powerful practice, as your daily practice or as a part of integrate it as a part of your daily practice also. And of course, look for local sanghas, look for online sanghas, let your mind swim in the Dharma, read books, listen to talks. Um, Tricycle magazine has daily Dharma where you, every day you get a quote. So that's a way for contemplation to arise. Um, subscribe to podcasts, especially during commuting or various things. There's Dharma Seed, where all of these talks will be. There's also audiodharma.org, where there are a lot of talks. I'll talk about it a little more later. Um, and, and sign up for retreats. For however many retreats work for you, one, two, three, four, what... Sign up ahead of time, way ahead of time, 
before your schedule fills up, because your schedule will fill up. And, and the last thing I like to say is, you know, don't do practice. Don't consider practice as something separate from your life. Oh, yeah, I'm sitting, I'm practicing, ends on the edge of my cushion, and now I'm going to go into the world and do all this stuff. And you might pr- I, I want to go back and practice. Your life is your practice. I can't say that enough. Your life is your practice. Yeah, thank you. So... Lovely what Nikki just said, very thorough, <clears throat> very helpful. I'll add just a little bit. First, I just want to make sure everybody, did you hear about the smoke, what's happening? Do you know? So there's a lot of smoke in the air because there's some fires, I think, in Sonoma. And we're getting the smoke from that, just so you're aware of that. Okay. Um, uh, and there's a highway closure that's posted already. Yeah. It's just if you're driving, Highway 37 is closed between 101 and 80. Okay. If you're driving that way. <clears throat> um, the only uh, a couple little add-ons to what Nikki was uh, all of the lovely suggestions Nikki had. One is um, a very simple way to practice in your life. Actually, it's not. It's simple, but it's hard. Do one thing at a time. Right? That's all. You know, whatever. You, if you're doing email, just do email. Don't eat and do email. You know, or if you're eating, just eat. Right, right. That it's it's hard, and it's it goes against the stream, as a, as the Buddha said, of conventional reality these days. Is we're all multitasking. And so one way just to practice, because that's really what we've been doing here. You've been sitting, you've been walking, you've been eating, going to the bathroom. You know, it's just one thing, one thing at a time. Listening, is that what you, yeah, right? It's very simple. And the simplicity is a very powerful part of the Dharma uh, uh, seeping in and waking us up. Um, So one thing at a time. Also, I really encourage people to relax uh, as practice. And and it's a little bit related to Maranasati. I mean, I'll say it in a very Eugene way, like, we're just going to die. Why not relax? <laughs> it, it, I mean, things are important, but most things are not as important as we make them out to be. You know, it's good to be responsible, do things well, give ourselves fully. But even doing all of that, why not relax while we're doing it? Because we're just here for a moment, really. And so uh, that's a part of my daily practice. And, and I'm very, uh, and then I bring in the investigative factor when I'm not relaxed. Why not relax? And, and relax doesn't mean ha- I could have a lot of energy and be relaxed or very, um, 
uh, feel a lot of, um, you know, I can be at the gym and working out and relaxed with a lot of uh, energy. But it's not tense. And so that's just a little one way to practice. The other thing I would add on, um, um, <clears throat> to what Nikki said, uh, I don't do the tricycle uh, daily dharma. Um, and I don't really do much online, uh, as, as little as I can, but I do do one dharma thing. Um, you can get quotes from Sayadaw Utejaniya, who I like very much these days, and I get them every day. And sometimes I read them and delete them immediately. And sometimes I keep them because they're good good Dharma quotes. And so it's somebody I like. And of course, you might find, I don't know if other teachers do that too. So if there's somebody you're, you're drawn to and resonate with, you want to keep letting that build, that relationship. Is there a question? I just wanted to, I didn't get the name of the teacher you were talking about. Sayadaw Utejaniya. And really it's at the Rochester uh, um, Retreat Center, Rochester Community Center. So if you, Rochester Meditation Center. And they put it out. And then a uh, couple other things I'll just say about practice. First of all, I just wanted to make sure this was clear. This is from the Satipatthana Sutta. This is what follows the charnel ground instructions right in the in the four foundations of mindfulness you get the all the instruct charnel ground instructions which we practice and then it said in this way one regards the body it's a body practice the charnel ground practice maranasati is a is a is a a, a, a body practice right in regard to the body, one abides contemplating the body internally, one abides contemplating the body externally, or one abides contemplating the body both internally and externally, or one abides contemplating the nature of arising in the body, or one abides contemplating the nature of passing away in the body, or one abides contemplating the nature of both arising and passing away in the body, or, the, or mindfulness that there is a body which is what Nikki was pointing at about any daily practice. Come to your body. There's a body here that's engaged in the daily practice, whether it's work or housework or friendship or politics or falling in love. There's a, there's a body here, and we can be aware of the body, like right now while, we're, while I'm talking and you're listening, right? And so... The Buddha says, or mindfulness that there is a body is established in one to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and continuous mindfulness. And one abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. One abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. <clears throat> And um, then just a little bit more about mindfulness of death in your life, the Maranasati practice. The Buddha said, 
when developed, Maranasati, when developed and cultivated, is of great fruit and benefit, culminating in the deathless, having the deathless as its consummation. And I love that he says that and uses that language because it's poetic language. It's not, it's, it's hard to understand, what does he mean, right? And that's something poems do to us. We don't exactly know what they mean intellectually, but they touch us in the heart. And so let it live with you rather than you have to figure it out. Uh, and then if you want to do simple contemplations, like you could say, oh, I'm going to do 20 minutes a day of Maranasati practice. And you can uh, contemplate the things in your life that come from people who are not alive anymore. Could be a, a necklace from a grandparent or a great-grandparent. Or it could be a photo of a relative who's dead that's in your house. Uh, or it could be a drawing from a, a child's drawing from a sibling who's died. Or notice um, <clears throat> other kinds of death or dropping away, like leaves falling off of trees, right? The leaves were alive and now they're dying. <clears throat> or flowers wilting, right? Which all quite normal. And, if, and I think I mentioned this last night, when you drive by cemeteries, you know, you can uh, notice them and see that there are human beings like me and that I will also be there someday. And I, yeah, I think I also said walk in a cemetery, contemplate it. And then if you want to be even more proactive, volunteer at places where people die. Old age homes, hospitals, hospice. Because you'll, you'll, you'll meet death quite normally. And it's a very powerful place to practice. And the only, the last add-on I would like is just see where your heart takes you in practice. See what moves you, touches you, uh, ignites passion or love in you or curiosity and follow it because the Dharma has um, many doors and you want to find the door that speaks to you, that touches you, that invigorates you in some way, because it can take you all the way to the end, whatever your door is. And of course, when I say that, it can take you every, uh, all the way to the end, then you realize, oh, there is no end. But I, so I want to just throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning it's beautiful to, to read the Buddha, which is one of the doorways to, 
to practice for many people to read the traditional texts and you read the Buddha who's totally and completely enlightened and him having problems and difficulties and he can't figure out how to solve a problem or he can't deal with people. I love the, I, I don't know if I said it here in a small group, right? In the Kuala Kasambi, did I mention that here? No, so when he, the two monks are having a fight and, uh, and, one, and some monks get on their side and some monks get on the other side and the big fight in the Sangha and he tries to resolve it. He can't. And finally he says, so I've had it with these people. I'm going to go into the forest with the animals. They're much easier to live with. <laughs> you know? so, and it points to the humanness even of the Buddha. He didn't, he didn't live a, like a life with no problems. He was human, and he was also free at the same time. So, and then, maybe I should just say this here too. This is from, uh, uh, Oren uh, Sofer was teaching a day long, and he asked if we would announce this, and this is called Next Step Dharma. And Next Step Dharma is after retreat practice. If you would like to join them, and it's run by Jaya Rudgard and uh, Oren Sofer, and um, and it's an online course specifically designed to support your practice after retreat. And so, and there's a lot of they have nice pictures of nice teachers, Joseph Goldstein and Joanna Harper, Jack Cornfield, and Sharon Salzberg, Darrell Williams, Larry Young, etc. I'm trying to get my picture in here, but not yet. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, uh, but what it means is you'll, ha you'll have access to some of these people and, and to, to talk about just what we're talking about. How do we keep practicing after retreat? So check it out, nextstepdharma.org. Yeah, nextstepdharma.org. Okay. How are yeah, we doing? We're doing all right. Okay. I think it's time for QA. Oh, great. Okay. It's time for Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Uh, let me... I, yeah, I think Mike would be great. Where is... Oh, yeah, great, thanks. It's, it's here. Mike is here. She got it. You can tell me if this is the appropriate time, but I'm curious about um, Eugene and why you made a move from Zen into Vipassana. Because Vipassana is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> It has so much less ego here in Vipassana, which is so great. No, I'm kidding. I'm playing with you. Um, I wasn't a Zen student. I just went there because it was available because I could walk in the door at 5.30 in the morning in San Francisco, sit, and I could walk out after the sit, and I didn't have to relate to anybody. And I liked that. And, the, and but I was still looking around for where where do I want to practice, 
And it's and I so I tried different things and places. And at some point, somebody said, "Oh, go check out Jack Cornfield," and I went and did a day long with Jack, and I liked him, and and we connected. So that it it wasn't it wasn't it was just following my heart really, and really I love Zen practice, but it wasn't my practice. Uh, I, I do. No, I do. No, it's true. My wife drives my wife crazy because she's a real Zen teacher. And she's like, you know, why do you keep saying all this Zen stuff? And But I just know it in in my practice, even though I didn't do a, like she's done years of Zen practice and lived at Tassajara and etc. You know, I spent time there and did some practice there. But it's just... Like if you re if you look at the culture of Zen, I'm much more aligned with that than Theravada Buddhism. It's true. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. I have found when I re-enter, um, it's a, quite a process. But but there's a piece that I wanted some feedback on. Um, there's a way in which my ego grabs, like, I have done this. I have seen this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the people that I come into contact with, I don't say these things. I, I, I hold them, but I notice this sense of um, making myself bigger, better, whatever. Great. Great, great that you see it. Because that's what egos do. Egos are made of nothing. And they constantly need propping up. And they prompt, really, they prop themselves up. No, it's really true. They're just, they're, they're really a, an epitome of conditioned reality. Like when you were born, you didn't have an ego exactly. And then, or here's what happened to me. I was lying there. I was fine. You know, I mean, I was crying once in a while because I was hungry. But I was, you know, I was... And they kept pointing at somebody and saying, Eugene. And I looked around. I kept thinking, (laughs) who are they talking about? And then finally, oh, Eugene lands. And I became Eugene. But I'm not Eugene. You know, and at the same time, conventionally, I'm Eugene. And I know where my house is. So what I'm saying is that is that identity always needs propping up. And that's what our psychology does because it doesn't know that much better. So when you see it, it's great to see, oh yeah, it's saying I'm better than, I'm this, I'm that, I'm worse than. It's the same thing. And, and yet what is seeing that is not that. I'd like to add something to sure. that. So, um, so what you're describing is not uncommon. And I also, I remember it from the early days of my own practice because there's something about spiritual experiences that are even like more to like, ooh, that's me. It's, it's, it's odd, but that's what the mind does, right? So, <coughs> so what I would invite you to also look at, look at the the contraction in that. Look at the... 
I am this, I am this. Like, ooh, like I want to make myself more important in this conversation. I'm not going to tell you I had these experiences, but ooh, I want you to feel I had these experiences. <laughs> like, I'm changed. I'm really uh-huh. enlightened. Like, ooh, ouch, feel all of that instead of... Because <sighs> that, when, when you really, it really becomes, again, as we're talking about letting go, and I want to bring letting go here, because the only way it is let go of is when you see it, when, when it is seen clearly, when it is seen so clearly that the mind is like, ah, oh, that hurts too much, don't need that. It lets go. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. Um, I noticed my ego came up a lot <laughs> this week. Um, I really much appreciate the quietness because I was like, ah, it kept on coming up. But anyway, so my question is actually for Nikki, and you certainly don't have to answer any parts of it that you don't feel comfortable for. But I was just curious. Um, you mentioned um, existential crisis. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious of uh, an um, uh, immigrant. Immigrant, I'm a, right, and, and I'm just curious of your discovery of this path. How did it came about? Oh, okay. I'll I'll make it brief. Um, I think part of it. So for for all of us, it's a mix of different things. And for me, the direct reason was body dukkha. Um, I had an illness years ago that I was desperate to do anything about, and and one of my friends told me about meditation and that she had done a silent retreat and even though the idea of being silent for a week was just absolutely nuts to me. I'm like, whatever, I'm desperate, sign me up. And when I did that retreat, actually it was a 10-day, I said that was my first retreat, a world opened in my mind that I didn't know existed. I mean, I thought I had a lot of experiences and this and that. This was just, whoa. So... That's how it started. And I think things that, of course, fed into it was this existential angst of who am I? What am I? What is this? What is this all about? All of that. And and through my practice, all of those questions just subsided, just kind of they answered themselves in a way, not not with answers, but it's just like they dissolved. They, they, They were freed up. That's the best way I can say. How is your scientific mind? Is, do you feel any clash, or do you notice, or have you noticed that there's a lot more analytical stuff? And then, how how did you integrate? How did you come back to your? Yeah. Mind? Yeah, I will repeat it. Yeah. So the question is, given that I'm a scientist, uh, and with my scientific mind. How does it all work? Is there a clash? My scientific mind says, you know, no, 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 this is your... Whereas, um, no, actually no, not at all. Um, Because to me, this practice is not woo-woo at all. It's very practical. It's very grounded. It's it's very concrete. Um, This is not a woo-woo tradition. There are many traditions that are faith-based, belief-based, just believe that it is so, believe that it is, but this isn't. It's The Buddha says, come and see for yourself. 
if you don't see it, don't believe it. Come and see. And that is as scientific as it gets, you know. Come and see for yourself. If you don't see it, then... And for me, it, it has been seen. Mm. Thank you. I'd like some advice. This morning, as soon as I rolled my suitcase across the threshold of my room, my gut went, Ugh. and I know that one thing is that the beloved relative who will pick us up and we'll spend three nights with is one of those people who is pretty hysterical about the current situation in this country and the world. And she tends occasionally to talk nonstop about that. I mean, she just catastrophizes. So what do you advise as how to handle that? I have some ideas to you. <laughs> but I'm happy to let you go first. So it's, I mean, it really becomes a um, couple of things. One is communicating very clearly where you are and what your needs are. And I've had that situation also, and, and now my family's kind of trained. They know what I need when I come out of the retreat. But at first they didn't know. They had no idea. I was just gone for a week. Like, okay, come. Yeah, they have no idea. They haven't sat retreat. So you just have to say I'm in a very sensitive space, and you need a lot of silence, quiet. Just very clearly tell them what it is that you need, and, and be very clear about the boundaries, really, and compassionately. Because in a way, also, going out, you're being a Buddha. You're, you're, you are um, with the way you are going to be. Thich Nhat Hanh has this beautiful saying um, that with, with the, um, the boats, with, when the boats are in rough seas, if, the, if there is difficulty and everybody is, is scared, if one person is calm, has equanimity, the... Every, that will affect everyone, and everyone on the boat will survive. But if nobody on the boat has the ability to keep the peace, then everybody will be jumping up and unstable, and the boat will capsize. So maybe you, it's, you will be the one who actually hold the peace and set as an example and not get into the whirlpool of la-la-la-la-la-la. Like bring it back. Bring it back. And so it becomes your practice. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful what you mm-hmm. said. I appreciate the boundary part and the compassion part. She's suffering, right? And so you're seeing somebody suffer. You don't have to take it on, right? It's just she's suffering. And compassion can also be fierce compassion, meaning... Uh, I'm sorry I can't listen to you anymore right now I've, because of I just came off retreat and I'm very sensitive, period. You don't have to keep explaining it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, for Eugene, your meditation on forgiveness was uh, helpful. For me, and it resonated with me. I wonder if you've recorded it or if it's available. To, I don't know, uh, but um, 
I used something somebody had given me. I know that meditation, but I didn't have it organized like this. And uh, I forget your name. Nancy. Nancy yeah. Can you um, um, print it and post it? Yeah, Go to the manager's you. office. Well, and actually, then the question is, where you, what was your reference? Where did you got, get it oh. from? <laughs> so you can't come to that retreat, but do you know who who said it? I, right. I think I do. It's very. I think I do. It's actually. It sounded it, it, as. Uh, oh, you think Jack? It, yeah, it's yeah. Jack. Yeah. It's a common one, and it's actually Jack Hornfield in his book on the art of forgiveness. Forgive. It has yeah. forgiveness somewhere in the title. It's in there. Yeah. Um, and he also, if you even if you even Google Jack Hornfield forgiveness, right. he has a talk on it. He has guided meditation. So right. it's uh, it's not Eugene's beautiful voice, but it's yeah. But Jack's still stolen a lot from me over the years. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So after after this person, let's go to this side of the room. I feel like kind of be hanging out here. Yesterday, um, a, a term was mentioned that I've never heard in any Dharma talk, but it describes an experience that I have all the time, and that word is grace. Mm. I wonder, is, I, I, I can't believe that um, this would not be a very special experience that anybody who practices mindfulness uh, would not have. Is there a term, is, is there uh, something in the Buddhist text that talks about this phenomenon of grace? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, it's, and I use the term, um, so I own it. And, um, and it's, it's not really a Buddhist term. It's not a translation of any. It, but it's an experience. It's it's really an experience. Um, and I'm I'm scanning through my Buddhist terminology to see if it maps specifically to anything. But I think the closest place that it it maps is, um, and this may not be exact, but there's a sense of. I don't know when there is a knowing, when there is a, when there is wisdom, when there is, it's 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 wisdom that's not yours, that touches you, that lifts you. It's 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 um, there's there's a different knowing. So it's different. So so with sati, mindfulness, knowing, there are different levels of sati. There are different ways that sati operates. So so. If I had to be forced to put it somewhere, there's there is a certain way that sati can operate, which is a knowing, which is it. It's it's a moment of insight in a way, almost. They relate. It's it's in that space, not exactly the same, but that's the closest I can come up with. Does that help at least a little bit in that territory? Yeah, um, I also don't know direct word grace, but um, I love what you're saying about the not-self component, which is pointed at in, in, the, in the state of consciousness we call grace. And so um, 
I, but, and I would also really start to look around a little in the Brahma-Vihara language too and see if there's something about, something that equates to grace. But I, I can't give you a specific mm. like, like Nikki. Yeah. And as you say that, actually, in practicing uh, the heavenly abodes, the Brahma Viharas, Metta, Compassion, etc., these four practices, um, there are experiences that arise there that it's just, it's just universal love mm-hmm. and compassion, and it's just grace and joy it's just like yeah yeah so that's another place and and again of course it's it feels impersonal completely it's just there it's the fabric of the universe okay right here (laughs) okay um so eugene i in a conversation we had, and then also a couple of different times, maybe in group or maybe here, I heard you use a phrase that in in the context of the conversation I understood, but upon thinking of it afterwards, I'm wanting to hear you elaborate on, which is this concept of an add-on. <laughs> so there's the experience, and then there's what we add on to it. So the experiences, again, as I was saying a little earlier, are totally simple. Sight, sound, taste, touch, thought, feeling. And then we add on interpretations, ideas, beliefs, projections, uh, fantasies, uh, associations, etc. So that's all add-on. The ex- me, <laughs> I, I generate the add-on, and also some kind of um, habit, definitely habit, because we're so used to, we're more attached to complexity than we have any idea. We don't even know we're attached to complexity, but we are attached to complexity. And so simplicity is ego-dystonic, okay? Is that phrase... And that means it's not syntonic with our ego identity, our egoic identity. And so we're always making more of the simplicity of reality. And part of what Dharma practice, especially on long practice, things can get simpler and simpler and simpler and waking up happens. Is that helpful? Great. Yeah, and, and we have to stop. Okay. <clears throat> we have to stop. <clears throat> and yeah. So thank you all. No, lots more questions. But live the questions themselves as you move on. So. So. Now it's the time for each of us to say our goodbyes and a little something. So, you wanna, here, you, you want to use this. I want to thank Eugene and Nikki. 
for including me and in the Maranasati retreat again and to be part of this beautiful time to share together. A long time ago, the very first evening, when I said that I see you, I see you as present and beautiful and vulnerable and brave. And I think we've all experienced the transformation that we've shared collectively, and I honor you for that. It's been both a, a privilege and a pleasure to share this time with you. And uh, if ever you're not sure what to do in life, in yoga, just come to your body, come to your breath, your constant companion. Come to the body as the source of wisdom that it is. So, um, I wish you uh, all the very best and great joy on your journey. Thank you. So I'd like to say my couple words of appreciation, more than a couple words of appreciation for all of you being here and practicing. This is the biggest gift that you're giving yourself, you're giving everyone who knows you, you're giving us, you're giving the world your practice. Yeah. Sean? Sean, Sean, before you leave, please go to the, Sean Carney, Sean Carney, uh, Sean with an S, Sean Carney, no, I think he is in this retreat, Sean Carney, okay, he's, you, okay, thank you Beth. seemed urgent, so we'll interrupt a regular program. I'll come back to appreciation channel. <laughs> so yeah, I'll just share my appreciation for, uh, for all of you being here and practicing, not just for your own benefit, but really benefit of people around you and the world. There's just this um, study, uh, the uh, Harvard Longitudinal Study, that when one person's level of happiness changed, three circles out the level of happiness changed. So if your level of whatever changes, three circles out, and if they could have measured more circles out, um, I bet they would have also measured um, s changes. But you know, the, when we say, may our practice be of benefit to all beings, there's in some way interrelationship of of all beings is 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 uh, is not something we can perhaps know but we can know not here but but here so my appreciation for you being here practicing and for uh, for trusting me for trusting me to 
to serve you and to support your practice. You know, we, we support each other in this path, in this human life. Um, so my deep, deep bow to all of you for being here and sharing your practice and hanging in here. Yeah. And um, I'm affiliated both with Spirit Rock, so I teach here day longs, etc., as well as Inside Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Um, and there I teach day longs, and uh, you can find me there. Also, on Wednesdays, I teach something called Happy Hour, which is, which is an hour of practicing uh, metta, loving kindness, and other Brahma Viharas. I love the name, Happy Hour. Um, and if, you, if you're not local, you can find that and other things on audiodharma.org, audiodharma.org. And, and any talks, resources, uh, is on my website, nikkimurgafori.com. My first name, complicated last name, .com. The cards outside have them. Um, and also to say, and, and also my mailing list is out, as you've seen already, which is very, very low traffic. Um, no email so far this year. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, and also to say that, um, uh, as some of you have asked, um, I I do offer um, uh, phone or video support and mentoring if it seems an appropriate relationship. So if that's something that at this point in practice speaks to you and something you would like to explore, um, you're welcome to send me an email, and we can see if it's a good match for us to work together. Um, I think, I think that's it for now. Yeah, thank you. Mm. So, also adding my goodbye, and uh, thank you, appreciations, and it's always great to practice together, and, uh, I don't have many more words than that except thank you and really and let's keep practicing together. It'll be a bigger retreat or a bigger space like wherever you are and wherever I am. We'll all be practicing together and um, uh, a lot of appreciation for our time together and the opportunity to um, investigate the Dharma in a lived way together. In, the, in this lived way together because it's a very powerful form to be here and and you know you're formally on retreat but also we are formally on retreat too it's a different slightly different form in this role but still we go through a whole retreat when we when we teach also in a little bit m mirroring the ups and downs of the terrain and it's it's good. We we also keep waking up. So thank you for that. And uh, uh, I want to say thank you to my colleagues and appreciations to both of you for being here and for you know doing this retreat. It's it's a little my uh, uh, I don't say it so much publicly. It's my favorite retreat. Really, and, and all retreats are good. I believe me, they're they're all really good, and good things happen on retreats. But this retreat came because I had done daylongs for many many years now in Maranasati, and and at some point a few years ago, 
at the end of the day long. The people wanted another day long. And I'm like, oh, you want Maranasati part two or something? And, and they were like, yeah. And, I'm, and I, w I didn't want to do a day long part two. Or, and I thought, well, what about a retreat? And they said, oh, yeah, we'd come to retreat. And so I thought, well, let's do it. Let's give it a try. And I just am so touched by how powerful this retreat is. And you'll see this retreat stays with you. Not every moment that happened here stays with you, but there's nothing else that's so foreground for the rest of our life is we're all going to die. And you will have a different relationship to that experience of life and death because of this retreat. And I think that's really a good thing. So may you enjoy it actually mm. and yeah just appreciation to you for because we're very different i'm not a scientist at all <laughs> it's like whoa she's got some mind <laughs> and and capacities are very different and we're we keep learning how to do this and keep putting it forward and it's just been great and, and Janice, I know a little more. She also teaches the New Year's retreat that I teach, and she's been doing that forever, like 20 years or something. And 15. 15, okay. We'll, we'll be accurate. <laughs> and, uh, but thank you for coming New from, Year's. from Canada. Thank you for coming down for this retreat. Mm. And, yeah. and if you want to get a hold of me, good luck, you know. <laughs> You, know, you could send me an email or something, or, or oh, look at this. I know, it's oh, beautiful. Can you, you can't see it, it's right here in front actually of Actually, wait here. Yeah. This is the way can they might be able to see it. Hold on. Can you see it now? Still not? Something black. Well, well what you're making, it's wait. coming down. Can you see it now? And, and think where it's coming from. That's great. <laughs> it's descending. He got a little oh, shy, you know, with the attention. That's great. Now on the floor. <laughs> so, okay. So, thank you. Good to be with you all, really. Yeah. So, um, do you also want um... Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Um, so, I have uh, one more uh, uh, little... Uh, talk to do about um, Spirit Rock, which we're sitting in. And as I said, I said, really, if, 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 you're, if you care about this place, really, it's yours. That's what Spirit Rock is for you. If, um, I don't see it. Are we, we're looking at where, okay. Oh, yeah, we want to save it. Well, <laughs> Well, see, in a moment the, we're the going to get up. Is, the spider is now doing walking In a meditation. moment we're going to get up. And, uh, you know, but don't worry, he has his string. He'll leave soon. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he lost his string, but I think if... Okay. You want yes, to take him out? Yes, thank you, Farzad. Sure. Here, take a, take a couple pieces of paper, Farzad, here. <laughs> no, no, there he is. He's yeah, right he's there. A, he's right there. Yeah. He's very delicate. Yeah, because in a moment we're going to get up and... And, yeah, and you can put him outside the door here. Here, right this here. way, Farzad, here to your right. To, to your right. right, there's a... He's going to keep walking on you. Yeah. Well, there he is right 
he also doesn't want the retreat to end. <laughs> <laughs> He's extending it. He also has a body. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> great. Does. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Great. So, just a few words about Spirit Rock, which is um, this place, which is quite a beautiful hall that we've had the privilege of practicing in, um, was given to us, meaning it was given to all of us, as was the few hundred acres that we have here, meaning it's been everything, the way Spirit Rock was created was through generosity and Donna. And so it was all given. We didn't have, we, you know, you notice we don't have like signs that say Ex- Spirit, Exxon Spirit Rock Campus. <laughs> right? we, we don't have those kind of, and we never sought those kind of, that kind of support like you get for baseball stadiums now or whatever. And, and so this was all donated by people like us whether it was for a dollar or five dollars or some thousands of dollars or or a lot of money but still it was all done by us and many of you probably have donated to spirit rock and i know i have and nikki has and and janice and the teachers donate also to spirit rock because spirit rocks for all of us and all of us means not just all of us sitting here but all of us who use spirit rock and for all of us who don't yet use spirit rock we're we're donating to spirit rock so if you feel like this is a one of your homes of dharma of spirituality please support this home cuz whatever you paid formally for the residencies here for the you know lodging here it doesn't even pay the bills fully right for what it costs to house you here meaning there's already people who've donated so that we because we of course try to keep try to keep the cost as low as possible and I mean, there are a lot of other figures that are never in my mind, but I know they're there about how much money Spirit Rock donates in order to help people who need help, because some of us need help financially to come do a retreat. And so, and it's really beautiful that we do, can do that. And we can do that because we're all giving to Spirit Rock. And so... Please, if it's um, valuable to you, if it means something to you, please consider supporting Spirit Rock also in whatever way, shape, or form works for you. And I believe usually at the end of the retreat down in the dining hall, there's cookies, which is what we do to help people donate to Spirit Rock. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to get a a big party with champagne or anything, but you'll get some cookies, meaning there'll be uh, somebody from that that office, some of the finance people will be down there if you need, if you would like to talk to them about how one can donate to Spirit Rock. Okay, and thank you for your generosity. Thank you. So now we get to the part that I like to call the Zaputan Waltz. (laughs) 
So this Zabutan waltz is done silently and um, without music, in your head is okay. Um, so what we're going to do is to support the caretakers by taking all of the Zabutans out, shaking them, uh, pounding them with all the love in your heart, and then stacking them and stacking all the stuff, uh, basically, and personal items to take them out into the... Um, the the the, uh, the area out there and after you're done come and stand in a circle also the, the chairs get stacked up too high about a foot from the uh, wall and also if you have any personal items on the altar um, please don't forget to take them this is a good time to take them out into the vestibule that's the word I was looking for vestibule uh, yeah, yeah. If you want to take them with you, uh, oh, to take every, oh, we, we're going to need help. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.